Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 167, the review for Transformers Rise of the Beasts. host, the Hyperson 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And as you can hear, I am no longer sick. I am back to normal. I actually recovered probably early side of last week, but because I wanted to give myself a little bit more time to do other projects and, you know, just make sure there was no residual stuff going on inside the system, I decided to take just one extra week off. But yeah, we're here to talk about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I probably would have seen this a little sooner, but I decided, you know what, I'm not like crazy excited to watch the film, so I gave myself a little bit of leeway with uh, my review, but I've seen it and I want to share my thoughts. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you my super brief history with the Transformers franchise as a whole. Um, so when it comes to Transformers, you know, the various different animated shows by the time I was growing up in the 90s, Transformers just wasn't a thing I was interested in, save for Beast Wars, but at the time I didn't even know it was related to Transformers, I just thought, ooh cool robot animals that transform into humanoid robots that just shoot things that's like that's pretty that's pretty cool but other than that meh until transformers came out in 2007 via michael bay and i was like yo this looks cool as hell and while yes there were certain juvenile elements when it comes to the humor some of the plot elements were a little sketch overall it i thought it was pretty kick-ass and from a visual effects point of view and what they were able to do with uh, sound mixing and just sound effects in general that film was bloody impressive and i think it still holds up pretty well from a presentation point of view transformers revenge of the fallen i was kind to that film when i first saw it because i was super happy with the way the action turned out but upon my second viewing and then thinking about it afterwards it became one of my most hated experiences of all time just the humor the over sexualization the dumb slash weird racist stuff that was in there and just the nonsensical story where if you're going from transformers one to two the way the allspark works and then you know the way certain history elements of transformers works just doesn't make any sense it's just bad transformers three i think was slightly better than two but it just had far too much chaos and destruction by the end of that movie where i'm just like i don't care Transformers 4 might give the series a run for its money as its worst entry because Mark Wahlberg, while he eh, he was alright, but his daughter and that weird boyfriend of hers, terrible. The weird man-made Transformers that, uh, you know, broke apart into little cubes, lazy. The visual effects, inconsistent. And the fact that you brought the Dinobots in just to... They marketed that film with the Dinobots and they were barely in the movie. They were like, what, five to ten minutes max? And Transformers The Last Night didn't bother. So by that point, I was done with the franchise. Then Bumblebee was announced, and I was like, eh. But Travis Knight was announced to be director, so I was like, okay. Hopefully this is going to be a situation where Brad Bird came from animation and then did his first live-action debut, and it was a great movie called Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, one of the best in the franchise. 
Um, so I was hoping that Travis Knight coming from Kuba and the Two Strings at Leica, he could do something great for the Transformers franchise, and he did. I thought Bumblebee was a nice, beautiful little movie. Obviously, a lot of people were hyped about the film just for the opening 10 minutes on Cybertron, but I think it was a more straightforward, lower stakes kind of story that was a little bit more intimate, and I really liked the connection between Bumblebee and Haley Steinfeld's character, and um, the two Decepticons that was on the hunt for them, and yeah, one of those Transformers were voiced by Angela Bassett, which just, you know, made me very happy. So after that film in 2018, I was like, you know what, maybe I can, you know, watch more Transformers movies. But then the marketing started up for Rise of the Beast, and it was surprising to me that it just didn't have that same sort of wow or interesting factor that I got from Bumblebee. Now, Bumblebee's marketing was decent, but I think I was more enthused by it. With Rise of the Beast, even though they were bringing in maybe a little bit of that Beast Wars flair, there was something about it that just felt so we've been here before. And it's interesting that Transformers now, at least in the film franchise, has had so many world-ending events happen. It just felt like we was getting variations of the same sort of potential world-ending events that we've seen before. But I wanted to give it a chance. I really did. And after seeing the film, it's like, I'm so whelmed on this movie. For those who aren't aware, who haven't watched Young Justice, Robin in the first season used to refer to situations as being overwhelmed or underwhelmed or whelmed. And for me, I'm just whelmed. This film had moments that were pretty cool, but as an overall film, it just feels... I felt hollow afterwards, where I'm just like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm going to need to watch this again. And that was annoying, because... While I wasn't crazy enthused for this film, I really, really wanted to like it. I was hoping that some of the criticisms and, you know, lower scores for this film were, you know, slightly exaggerated. It was just some people that weren't keen on Transformers, but I'm actually starting to see why some of those mixed thoughts were out there. But before we get into all the minutiae of that, I'm just going to talk about the story, characters, and presentation as you know, usual. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and now it's time to talk about the plot, and I will try to summarize it as best as I can. So this film is set in the 90s, and you have a new MacGuffin for all the Transformers to chase after in the form of the Transwarp Key. Just imagine it as a fancy item that allows the user to teleport through space and time all over the place. And it somehow ends up on Earth, and when it is unexpectedly discovered you have the new enemy in the form of the Terracons coming from space to hunt it down and then you have the Autobots who have to battle the Terracons to make sure it doesn't fall into their hands and in the midst of that you have two human characters who come from different walks of life who somehow get caught up in the middle of this and it's down to them to work with the Autobots alongside a new faction of Transformers in form in the form of the Maximals to try and keep these fancy items safe and keep them from a much larger threat that's lurking about in space. And that is a way for me to summarize the plot without going into the area spoilers. It's weird, this film is pretty straightforward, especially when compared to some of the later Transformer films from Michael Bay, but at the same time, it has a lot of needless complications to it. and. I've never seen a film that has so much info 
but at the same time not enough because there's a fair amount of information that's explained about this new faction of transformers who are the maximals who were essentially you know the animal transformers we get to see the planet that they came from how they got to earth and what their whole deal is but then at the same time there's a whole lot of bits and bobs about how this trans warp key works some of the minutiae of like uh, how these guys have been lurking about on earth for a while and there's just a few things about transformer technology and you know how they do things that just isn't explained it just sort of happens you're like hold on so you're going to explain a bunch of this but not explain these key details and certain things just happen in the movie where you're just like okay well i'm not sure that quite makes sense or i don't know why you chose to do this this way but fair enough and when it comes to the whole human element it has always been like probably the least interesting aspect of these movies i would say probably with the exception of what transformers 1 and bumblebee most other times i don't really care about the human characters the weird thing is at first i was really enjoying the relationship between the main dude and his brother that's probably like my favorite aspect of this film and there were certain elements with the intern who was researching you know the transformers because obviously she's pretty good with her history and she was able to suss out very specific things but outside of that there was just a lot of scenarios where these characters were just thrown together and it didn't feel like they had the best chemistry and with the humor relationships if they're going to be a part of the film i would like for them to be you know of substance and a lot of it just felt uh, you know inconsequential and i think the humor in this film was very hit and miss for me while i know a lot of people enjoyed the humor in the screen that i was in much more so than i did i felt a lot of it was just the same tired transformer situation where they have to scream and be scared or like you know just freak out about the ridiculousness of the situation and i understand that it's a standard fare for people who have come into contact with transformers for the first time but for me some of that stuff just didn't work and yeah besides like a few interesting moments here and there I felt like the film sort of just devolved into, you know, standard chaos towards the end. And while some of it was pretty decent, some of it was just like, I felt like I was just going through the motions. And this film has an ending point where I'm just like, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do there, but I'm not sure you're going to be able to pull it off. But we shall see if this franchise continues and Hasbro and whoever are the other studios involved with this try to you know make it happen I will be very curious to see how you know Transformers moves ahead in the future all right and now it's time to talk about the characters and I thought they were fine when it comes to the humans you have Anthony Ramos as Noah Diaz who is essentially the main character of this film I thought it was pretty solid while there were certain decisions that he made in the film that made me question his actions and even though we're supposed to feel for him and rally behind him there were certain times where because of the way the character was written i'm just like eh, i'm not quite with you on that but yeah i thought again did a serviceable job and dominic fishback as elena wallace i thought she was pretty solid as well although seeing her in the swarm tv show on amazon where she was absolutely fantastic here I felt like her performance was decent, but I don't think she was given as good material to work with as uh, Ramos. And the only other characters worth mentioning, at least when it comes to humans, is uh, Dean Scott Vasquez as uh, 
Chris, who was Noah's brother. Him and Ramos had like great chemistry and I really wish we got to see more of that relationship because I felt like it was the core of this film that actually worked the best. And then you have the character Reek who was played by Tobe Nwange. I probably ruined his name, I apologize, but he was like Noah's friend who just hangs around in the streets and wanted to help Noah make some money. And he had a lot of really fun comedic moments. And then you move on to the actual Transformer characters themselves. Peter Cullen's voice as Optimus is still great and he delivered some pretty kick-ass lines. Optimus Prime in this film was a little frustrating to watch because it felt like we were going through the same motions we've seen him in in the previous films where he carries the weight of the world on his shoulders. He does some really cool and logical things, but then there's other times where he does stuff which makes you question his logic and leadership skills. And while I understand from a story point of view what they were trying to do with him, at the same time I felt like he was written in certain ways to be really frustrating to watch. I also really liked Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. He was pretty kick-ass. That was a really lovely voice and... Then you also have Peter Dinklage as Scourge, who his voice was great. Scourge was a really nice new character for us to deal with because obviously having the Decepticons for so long, having a new faction of Transformers who were just as intimidating and pretty cool to watch was nice. And Pete Davidson as Mirage, I thought he was pretty good, very lively and energetic, although sometimes a little annoying and he could be a bit much. And uh, Lisa Koshi as uh, RC was pretty good. And yeah, I would say just in general, I quite liked the Autobots, but at the same time, it was very inconsistent with their characters in terms of how cool they were and what they could do. And then there were the times with the Terracons, the new Decepticons, for lack of a better term, they were overwhelmingly tough and most of the time were pretty competent but there was a couple times where i'm just like what are you guys doing you you really should be doing this instead of what you're doing right now you're acting pretty stupid and then you have the maximals who a lot of people were hoping would get a lot more screen time than they did because obviously with the film being marketed with these animal based transformers a lot of us beast wars fans from the 90s were hoping oh yeah this is going to be pretty hype I mean, it's in the title, Rise of the Beast, and they were only about maybe one third of the film, maybe even one quarter. While they definitely had their roles to play, the Maximals were more in the back end of the movie, which made me feel like I was shortchanged with their existence. And besides Michelle Yeoh, who voiced Arezor, oh man, I'm bad with names, who had the most significant part in the movie, save for Maximal Prime, the rest of the other characters barely get anything to do so I felt like with this juggling act of so many characters to deal with when it comes to all the Transformers there was just some mismanagement there and I was just like Ugh, disappointed. Alright now we move on to the presentation which normally is the most reliable area of a Transformers film to be the most enjoyable. Most times even if people hate the characters, the plot and a lot of other things surrounding the film it's the presentation that normally saves the film and in this case it's a bit of a mixed bag not to say it's terrible but it's not nearly as great as it could be from a visual standpoint this film looks pretty darn good 
one of the best things about the Transformers films is the way that they up the ante when it comes to their action sequences and the amount of detail that they're able to put into these transforming robots. And this film, I think, probably has the best looking up close and personal Transformers stuff, especially when it comes to the more static moments where you get to just sit and chill with the Transformers while they're talking to either humans or talking to you know other robots themselves the amount of detail in the facial stuff is incredible whether it be the maximals or the autobots or the terracons all of them have such great emotive faces and the amount of detail in their mouths their noses all these little structural movements that you can see that are contorting shifting and moving and you're just like my god the painstaking amount of time that these visual effects artists had to put into this is on full display and i just love how clean sleek and easy to recognize these characters are now ever since i'd say probably transformers 2 there was at least an effort to try and change the shape of the transformers so that they are easy to see not only during the action sequences but easy to tell apart and i feel like around the time we got to Bumblebee was where they really started to keep the detailed design of like what came before with the Michael Bay material but really sleek down the characters and give them a little bit more of their like classic looks from the uh, animated stuff from the 80s and this film did a great job with the designs of the Orbots and the Maximals. The Terracons who are like again the sort of stand-ins for the Decepticons. Some of them had some pretty cool shapes, but I felt like they didn't stand out as much as the protagonist-based Transformers. And while the visual effects on these close-ups and static shots are great, and those cool rotating shots where you get to see characters transform from their vehicles to their humanoid forms still looks great on several occasions, I felt like the visual effects in this film was a little inconsistent. There were certain times, especially during action sequences, where the visual effects either looked a little blurry or the motion of the characters running around just looked like one, they either didn't adhere to gravity like the way they should in live action, but also there was moments where it looked like the footage of the characters sort of sped up or slowed down. It just looked kind of odd and floaty and I'm like, for a film series that has been mostly consistent with the way in which these characters look when blending in with live action, this is probably one of the first times for a while where I'm like, this just doesn't look as clean. What is going on here? And during some of those action sequences, especially in the last part of the film, it did just become a little bit of visual noise. While you do get these cool grand sweeping camera shots of, you know, moving between the Autobots and the Terracons and the Maximal all doing their thing. Sometimes you're just like, well, you know, as cool as some of this is, at the same time, I'm just like, it's just sort of there washing over me. And when it comes to having memorable set pieces, this film has its moments, but I don't feel like there was as many, you know, F yeah, this is like some cool ass stuff I'm watching here. There were not as many, like, you know, is it notable, like, kills or crazy moments. And I felt like the Autobots and the Terracons sort of fluctuated in their power scaling. Now, I know power scaling is something no people want to hear about, especially if you're an anime fan, because people tend to bitch about that stuff all the time. But I hate when characters are written into situations where 
one side is clearly stronger than the other or they're at a stalemate but because the plot demands it people were able to pull out like these fancy moments out of their ass and i'm like no 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 clearly a few seconds ago you weren't able to do this so how can you do this now and there is one specific thing that happens with two characters which has never been done at least to my knowledge in a transformers film in live action before and it really bugged me because i'm just like if you can do this who's to say you can't do this with a bunch of other characters it it felt like the biggest pull out of your ass like you know is it trump card that you could ever have it it was so bizarre and weird and just it didn't make no sense to me it kind of i wouldn't say it ruined the film but it really changed my perspective on how like transformers actually work and then i'm like but why did you do this you could have done anything but that so yeah just ugh. and the visual effects on that just didn't look as clean to me so then we move on to the film score itself and i thought it was fine it was handled by a guy who goes by the name of bj um his act no it's not bj sorry it's jb um his actual full name is uh johnick bontemps but apparently he goes by the name jb his film score was fine it had certain moments where you know it did what it was supposed to do elevate the action that's on screen have some heroic moments have some sad moments but i felt like it was mostly fine there was a couple moments where there was a few sparks of something and it also helped that he used the themes that were utilized from steve jablonski's transformers movie so there were certain moments where there was themes i'm like yo that is just from transformers 2007 there's some good stuff but otherwise yeah it was fine and when it comes to the use of licensed music i was surprised by how much was in the film now don't get me wrong obviously bumblebee utilized a lot of 80s music and with this film it was definitely more hip-hop focused and while i love that genre of music and some of the use of certain songs was pretty cool at the same time some of it did come out of nowhere and some of it was like you know just very short or used during very noteworthy sequences but then just abruptly ends and i'm like what is the point of that why why would you do that this way so yeah i'm always a little questionable when it comes to the use of licensed music in films but this one it was a bit of a mixed bag so now i come to the conclusion overall i thought transformers rise of the beast was okay it had a lot of really cool elements in there and there was certain stuff i quite enjoyed when it came to certain elements of the humor some of the relationship stuff between the uh, main character and his brother and some of the new interesting lore that we have with the maximals but at the same time i felt like this film could have done more and it just didn't reach its potential some of the action just felt a little mindless some of these visual effects weren't as good the use of humor was very hit and miss for me and even though it was cool that they were able to narrow down the human cast it still felt like the transformers were shortchanged the autobots as cool as they were felt you know not as good as they could have been the terracons while cool in design and having like a threatening presence they didn't have much in the way of character so i didn't care about them as much as i should have and the bloody maximals who were probably the most interesting robots in the film were shortchanged and didn't have nearly as much screen time as they should have with only two of them being of significance and the other two just being standards standing around in the background i'm like what what is the point of you guys if you're not going to have a more significant presence 
whenever you have a large cast of characters whether they be human robot or otherwise you have to do a good balancing act and i don't feel like this film did that and just with some of the other issues with how the plot was handled and some of the use of the mcguffing and like bloody transformers logic in general just made me question a few things so yeah i mean i don't want to rag on the film too much but at the same time i'm just like i was very whelmed by it you know so now i turn it over to you guys what do you think of rise of the beast did it meet your expectations did it exceed them or did it fall below whatever your thoughts are drop me a comment in the comment section below or holler at me where i'm on twitter at hyperson 55 or at film focus 55 check out the podcast on soundcloud itunes and spotify and other places where podcasts can be found and yeah i guess that'll do it for another episode of film focus thank you for listening as always look forward to the next episode when it comes but until then this is the hypersonic 55 signing out peace